Ashley Brock, Green Diamond, Palmer's Book, True Blue, Chapter 4. Sergeant Marquise came into the office two days later looking grim. He motioned to Gwen, indicating a chair, and closed the door. She remembered her trip to Cass Grier's office and wondered if Grier had had time to talk to her superior officer's mother in the information at trick now. The Cold K Squad has a job for us, he said as he sat down. What sort of job? They dug up an old murder who was committed back in 2002 and a man went to prison on evidence largely given by one person. Now it seems the person who gave the evidence has been arrested and convicted for a similar crime. They want to know if we can find a connection. Well, by chance, that was the case I just spoke to Cash Grier about down in Jacobsville. She told him happy that she could make a legitimate catch into her improv trip out of town. He has an officer who knew the person or his family and could place the man at a party during the murder. Did he give evidence, he asked. She shook her head. He was never called to testify, she said. Nobody knows why. Isn't that interesting? Barry, so the cold case squad wants us to wear out some shoe leather on their behalf? He comes. They have plenty of manpower, but they've got two people out sick and just transferred to the white-collar crime unit, and their sergeant said they don't want to let this case get buried, especially not when a similar crime was just committed here, your case, the college woman who was murdered and needs investigating, and they don't have enough people. He smiled. Besides, there's the issue of not stepping on the toes of another unit's investigation. I can understand that. So we'll see if we can make a connection based on available evidence. I'm assigning you as lead detective on this case, as well as the college freshman murder. Find a connection, catch the perp, make me proud. Actually, that might be possible. I just got some new information from a running check on the photo of that odd man in the murder victor's camera, the one I mentioned to you. Yes, I recall that. She pulled up a file on her phone. This is him. I use facial recognition software to pick him up. She showed him the mugshot on her phone. The perp, his name is Mickey Donigan. He has a rap sheet. It's a long one. He's been prosecuted in two aggravated assault cases, never convicted. Here's the clincher. He has a thing for young college girls. He was arrested for attempted assault for a few months ago on a girl who went to the same college as our victim. I have a detective from our unit en route to question her today and we're interviewing people. The apartment complex about the man in the photograph. If his DNA is on file, I'm betting it's, it is since he served time during his trials and there's enough DNA from the crime scene to type and match. Good work, he said fervently. Thanks, sir. I wish we could get ironclad evidence that that he killed the victim. He was not that ironclad evidence ever got a conviction when some silver-tongued gung-ho public defender got the bit between his teeth. Impressive mixing of metaphor metaphors, sir. She remembered dryly. Correct my grammar. Get stakeout duty for the next two months. I would never do that. She protested with a wicked twinkle in eyes. He smiled back. She was very pretty when she smiled. Her mouth was full and lush and situation. He sat back in his chair and forced himself not to notice that. You're busy. I'll get on it right now. Just out of curiosity, who is the officer who put the place, who could place the convicted murderer at a party when the other murder was committed? Officer Dan Travis, she said. He's at the Jacobsville Police Department. I'm going to drive down and talk to him tomorrow. Check the notes on her phone. Dunnigan was arrested for assault by a patrolman in South Division named Dave Harris. I'm going to talk to him afterward. He might remember something that would be helpful. Good. Keep me in the loop. I will. She got him to start from Castleway. She turned at the door. Sir? It's dark eyes there. He seemed even thought. 
He was. He had a strange sense that she knew something important that she was hiding from him. He read body language very well after his long years in law enforcement. He once tripped a bank robber up by up when he noticed the man's behavior and deliberately engaged him in conversation. During the conversation, he got close enough to see the gun the man was holding under his long coat. Rick had quite quickly subdued him, cuffed him, and taken him in for questioning. The improper encounter had solved a whole string of unsolved bank robberies for the cat for the cold case unit and their sergeant Dave Murphy taking Rick out to lunch appreciating for the help sir Quinn prompted when he didn't reply he sat up straight and his eyes narrowed further as he stared at her she was almost what she what do you know he said me that you aren't telling me her face flushed. No, no, nothing. I mean there's nothing she faltered and couldn't have been her for making things for her you need to think about your priorities, he said courtly. She turned along with Believe me, I am. He grimaced and waved his hand in her dragon. Get to work. Yes, sir. She almost ran out of the office. She was flushed and unsettled. Lieutenant Officer met her in the hall front. What's up? Yeah, she like, she made her look, nothing, sir. She said she drew a long breath. She wanted so badly to tell somebody what's going on. Hollister's black eyes come into my office for a minute. He led her back that way. The way she came past a startled marquee, she watched a couple go into the lieutenant's office with an expression that was hard to classify. Sit down, Oliver said. He went back. He went behind his desk, swung up his long, powerful legs, propping immaculate black boots on the desk. He crossed his arms, leaning back perversely in his chair. Doc. She shifted wrestling. I know something about Sergeant Marquis that I'm supposed to. That I'm not supposed to discuss with anybody. He lifted a thick blonde eyebrow. Even I know what it is. Your green eyes widened. The suit you came to see me earlier in the week were feds. He said, I know who you really are and what's going on. He said, I want, I want to tell Marquise too, but my hands are tied. I went to see Cash Griers. She said, he's out of the loop. He can't do anything directly, but he... Might be able to let something slip at Barbara's Cafe, Jacobsville, that would at least prepare Sergeant Marquise for what's going on. Nothing can prepare a man for that sort of revelation, believe me. His eyes narrowed even more. They want Marquise as liaison, don't they? She nodded. He's, he'd be the best man for the job, but he's going to be very upset at first, and he may refuse to do anything. That's a risk they're willing to take. They don't dare... Interfere directly, not in the current political crime, climate yet. Frankly, I'd just go tell him. Would you? She asked and smiled. He laughed deeply. She said, actually, no, I wouldn't. I'm too handsome to spend time in prison. There would be riots. I'd be so much in demand of somebody's significant other. She laughed, too. She had, a, she had a sense of humor. Her face flushed. She looked very pretty. He cocked his head. You could just ask Marquise to, to the ballet and tell him yourself. My boss would have me hung in Hogan's Alley up at the FBI Academy with a placard around my neck and some warning to other loose-lipped agents, she told him. He grinned. I'd come cut. I'd come cut you down, Casway. I get along with the feds, but I'm not prejudiced. I also get along with mercenaries. There's rumor that you used to be one. She fits his face closed up, along, although he was still smiling. How about that? She didn't come in. He swung his long legs off the desk and said, Let me know how it goes. He said he walked her to the door. That's not a bad idea about asking him to the ballet. He loves ballet. He usually goes alone. He can't get girlfriends. Why not? She has to clear her throat. I mean, he's rather attractive. He wears a gun. So do I. She put it out in case. But in fact, we all wear them. True, but he likes women who don't. You're lying, and they don't like men who wear guns. He doesn't date colleagues, he says, but you might be able to change his mind. 
that chance is that he doesn't like me. Goes over that murder for the gold gauge unit and then they'll lobby him for you. How do you know about that? She signs her. I'm the lieutenant, he pointed out. I know everything. He had a smuggler. She laughed. She's still laughing when she walked down the corridor. Rick heard her from inside his office. She threw a scratch pad across the room. Knocked a trash can across the floor with it. Denny Grimace, in case anybody heard, and asked what was going on. He couldn't have told them. He didn't know himself why he was behaving such out of character. The man Gwen was tracking in her semi-official disguise was unpleasant. Silky, indivi slinky individual who had a rap sheet that read like a short story. She'd gone down to Jakesville and interviewed Officer Dan Travis. He seemed a decent sort of person. And he could swear that the man who was arrested for the murder was a holiday was at a holiday party with him and had never even stepped outside. He had told the assistant DA, but the attorney refused to entertain evidence he considered hearsay. Travis gave her the names of two other people she could contact who could would verify the information. She took notes and arranged for a deposition to be taken from him. Her next stop was Patrol South Division and San Antonio to talk to the arresting officer who had taken Doodle in for attempted assault on a college woman a few months ago, Dave Harris. He was working that day but was working a wreck when she phoned him, so he arranged a meeting for lunch at a nearby fast food joint. They sat together over hamburgers and fries and soft drinks, attracting attention with his uniform and her pistol and badge conspicuously displayed. We're being watched, she said in a dramatic tone, indicating two young women at a nearby table. Oh, that's just Jonah Shirley, he said, looking toward the woman, waved a grin. One of them flushed and almost knocked over a drink. He was blonde, blue-eyed, nice built, and quite handsome. He was also saying, Jones, sweet on me. Yeah, they know I always eat here, so they come by for lunch. They work at the print shop downtown. Jones, a graphic artist, very talented. Nice, you remember by name. Well, why are you doing a cold case? He asked as he finished his salad and sipped black coffee. It ties in with a curt one we're working on, she said and related what Cash Grier had sold her. His dark eyes browsed hard. They never called a prime witness. They never called a prime witness in the case. Strange, isn't it? She that would be grounds for a mistrial, I think. But I know I need to talk to the city's attorney office first. The man who was convicted has been in prison for almost a year. Shame, if he's innocent. The patrolman replied, I know. Fortunately, such things don't happen often. What about the suspect in your current case? A nasty bit of work, she replied. I can place him at the scene of the crime, and if there's enough trace evidence to a DNA profile, I think I can connect him with it. Her neighbors reported seeing him around her apartment the morning before the mur murder. If he's guilty, I don't want him to slip through the cracks on my watch, especially since Sergeant Marquis signed me to the case as chief investigator. Really? How many other people were helping you with the case? Let's see right now. There's me and a other detective that I borrowed to help question witnesses. He's like, what did you use again? Afraid so. I can manage. If I need help, the cold case unit will lend me somebody. Nice group, that cold case unit. She smiled. I think so, too. Now about the perp. He had to lean forward. This is how it went down. He described the scene in the assault where he'd arrested Don't Again, the persons of all the witnesses in his own part in the rest. We made notes on her phone and saved the file. That's a big help, she told him. Thanks, he's mom. You're very welcome. He just, I have to get back home patrol. Was there any other information you needed? Nothing. I can't find in the file. Appreciate the summary of the case and your thoughts on it. That really helps. You're welcome. Anytime. Shame about the latest victim, she added as they got up and headed to the trash bin with their trays. She was very pretty. Her neighbor said she went out of her way to help people in need. She lays him. 
We had one of your fellow officers on a stakeout with us the other night. Sims? He paused as he dumped the paper waste and placed the tray in its stack on the ref <sighs> refuse container. He's not our usual sort of patrol officer. What do you mean? Yes, Ronnie. I really can't say anything. It's just that he has an interesting background. There are people in high positions with influence. He added, he smiled. But he's not my problem. I think he'll do well. I think he'll do well. In the homicide unit. You've got a knack for sorting things out and you're thorough. Good luck on the case. Thanks. Thanks a lot. He's You're welcome. She drove back to the office with her brain spinning. What she learned was very helpful. She might crack the case, which would certainly give her points with the brick marquees, but there was still the problem of what she knew and could tell him. She only hoped that Cash Grier would be able to break some ground with her sergeant. Cash Grier had a thick ham sandwich with homemade fries and black coffee and then asked for a slice of Barbara's famous apple pie and homemade ice cream. She served it with a grin. Don't eat too much of this, she cautioned. It's very fattening. She was teasing because he was still as trim as men ten years his junior and nicely muscled. He pursed his lips and his black eyes won't go. As you can see, I'm running to fat. She laughed. That'll be the day. He studied her. Can you sit down for a minute? She looked around, lunchtime rush was over, and there were only a couple cowboys and another couple in the cafe. Sure, she sat down across from What can I do for you? He sipped coffee. <clears throat> I've been enlisted to get some information to your son without telling him anything. She blinked. That's a conundrum, isn't it? Put down the coffee cup and smile. You're a very intelligent woman. You must have suspicions about his family history. Thanks for the compliment, and yes, I have a lot. She studied his hard face. I heard, overheard some feds who ate here talking about Dolores Ortiz and her connection to General Macanado. Dolores worked for me just briefly. She was Rick's birth mother. Rick's stepfather was a piece of work. He said, I've heard plenty about him. He mistreating livestock and was fired for fort on the Ballinger feedlot. Gossip is that he did the same to his stepson. Her face on. When I first adopted him, lifted my hand to smooth back his hair, you know. The thing mothers do when they feel affectionate. Stiffened and cringed. Her eyes were sad. That's when I first knew that there was a reason for his bad behavior. I've never hit him, but somebody did. His stepfather, Jairus, with assorted objection, uh, with assorted objects, including once a little whip. So that's where he got the scars on his back. I asked, but he would never talk about it. It's a blow to a man's pride to have something like that done to him. Jackson should have been sent to prison on child, on charge of child abuse. <laughs> I do agree, she answered. Rick's last name is Marquise, but Dolores said that was a name she had legally drawn up when Rick was seven. I never understood. She didn't dare put his real false name on the birth certificate. He was like, even at that time, his dad was in trouble with the law in Mexico. She didn't want him to know about Rick, and later, she had good reason to keep the secret. She married Craig Jackson to give Rick a settled home. She didn't know what sort of man he was until it was too late, he echoed. He knew whose Rick real father was and threatened to make it public if Dolores left him, so she stayed and Rick paid for her silence. Barbara was feeling uncomfortable. Would his real father happen to be an exiled South American dictator by any chance? Right on it. Oh, boy. And nobody can tell him because a certain federal agency is hoping to talk him into being a go-between for them to help coax Macanado into a comfortable trade agreement with our country when he gets back into power, which he certainly will. He had a quality. The thug who took over his government has human rights advocates bristling all over the world. He's tortured people, murdered dissenters, closed down public media outlets in general. He's done everything possible to outrage anybody who believes in democracy. At the same time, he's pocketing money from sources of revenue and buying 
find himself ever rich man's perk that he can dream up. He's got several Rolls Royce cars, an assorted beautiful women, houses in most affluent European cities, and his own private jet to take him to them. He doesn't govern so much as he flaunts his position. Workers are starving and farmers are being forced to grow drug crops to support his exaggerated lifestyle. She said, I've seen dictators come and go, but that man needs a little lead, lead in his diet. She too knew what he was alluding to. Any plans going to take care of that? Don't look at me, he warned. I'm tired. I have a family to think about. F. Scott might have a few people who would be interested in the work. Yes, and he might, but the general isn't lacking for good help. <laughs> Glanced up at one of Barbara's workers, came, smiled, and refilled the coffee. Thanks. Thanks. She went, You're welcome, boss. Lady, you want some? Barbara shook her Thanks, Bess. I've already flying on a caffeine high. <laughs> okay. So, who has to do the dirty work and tell Rick the trick? Barbara asked, crying in speak. She just, he just smiled at her. Oh, darn it, I, I won't do it. There's nobody else. The feds have forbidden their agents to tip him off. His lieutenant knows, but he's been gagged, too. Then how in the world do they expect him to find out? Why won't they just tell him? Because he might get mad at them for being the source of the re revelation and refuse to cooperate. And there isn't anybody else they can find to do the job. Of contacting Makanata. There could ask Grange by rest of it. He's already worked for the general, isn't he? Grange doesn't know. My be easy girl, he'll be furious. Yes, but you're his mother and he loves you, he replied. If you tell him he'll get over it, he might even be receptive to helping the feds. If you tell if they tell him he'll hold a grudge and they'll never find any one halfway suitable to do the job. She was silent. She stared at the festive tablecloth warrant. It will be all right. He shorted her gently. She looked. We've already had a disagreement recently. Yeah, why? Yeah, surprise. Because Rick's devotion to his adopted mother was quite well known in the location. His lieutenant gave the new detective good castaway rose, and I mentioned it to him in a teasing way. He went ballistic and hung up, and I hung up on him. He won't admit it, but I think he's got a case on Gwen. Well, <laughs> he mused. That was a new and interesting proposition. Could she tell us? Yes, well, she's been cautioned not to. She said, Dart, does everybody know? Rick doesn't. I noticed, so you have to tell them soon. Or what? Or six government agencies will send operatives down here to disperse your apple pie and accuse you of subterfuge government policy by using organic products in your kitchen. She burst out left. Yes, I did hear that a SWAT team of federal agents raided a farm that was selling unpasteurized milk. Can you believe that? In our country, in this day and time, with all the real problems going on, we have to send armed operatives against people living in a natural harmony with the earth you're kidding he <laughs> i wish i was she said i guess we're all going to be force-fed genetic modified organisms from now on he first hello need to stop hanging out on those covert websites i can't i've never known what was really going on in the world like us having bases on the moon he wrote us i have to get back to work he stood up you tell them then she stood up to you. Do I have a choice? You could move to Greenland and change your name. She made a face at him. That's no choice, although I would love to visit Greenland. They have snow. So do we, occasionally. They have lots of snow, enough to make many snowmen. South Texas isn't famous for that. The pie was great, by the way. She's my thanks, I do my best. I'd have to leave town if you ever closed up, he told her. I can't live in a town that doesn't have the best food in Texas. Now who gets you an extra ice cream on your... 
extra ice cream on your neck, slice of apple pie. She promised with a grin, but she wasn't grinning when she went home. It disturbed her that she was going to have to tell her some something that would devastate him. He wasn't going to be pleased. Other than that, she didn't know what the outcome would be, but Grier was right about one thing. It was better than the information coming from his mother rather than from some bureaucrat or federal agent who had no personal involvement with Rick and didn't care how the news affected him. It did make her feel good that so far they hadn't blurted it out. By hesitating, they did some... They did show some compassion. Rick went to his mother's home tired. It had been a long day of meetings and more meetings with a workshop on gun safety occasion accosted by the accidental discharge of a pistol by one of the parole officers. The bullet went into the asphalt, but fortunately it didn't ricochet and hit anything or anyone. The officer was disciplined, but the chain of command saw an opportunity to emphasize gun safety, and they took it. The moral of the story was that even experienced officers could mishandle a gun. Privately, Marquis wondered how Officer Sims ever got through the police academy because he was the officer involved. Same guy who'd gone on a stakeout with him Casway. He didn't think of a lot of the young men's ethics, and he heard that Sims had an uncle high up on the chain of command who made sure he kept his job. It was disturbing. You look worn out, Bob Rastian. Come sit down, and I'll put supper on the table. It's late, he commented, noting his watch. We can't have supper at midnight, she teased. Nobody's watching. I'll even pull down the sheets if it makes you happy. He laughed and hugged. You're a treasure, Mom. Uh-huh. I'll, never ma- I'll never marry unless I can find a girl like you. That's sweet, thanks. She started heating up roast beef and potted rolls, buttered rolls, topped off his plate with homemade potato salad. She put the plate in front of him. Thank goodness for microwave oven, she laughed. The cook's best friend. This is delicious. He closed his eyes, saving everybody. Had a sandwich for lunch and I only had time to eat half of it between meetings. I didn't even I didn't even eat lunch, she said, dripping in her own roast beef. Why not? I had a talk with Cash Cryer and afterward I lost my appetite. He stopped eating and said her when they were What did he tell you? Something everybody knows and nobody has the guts to tell you, my darling. She said sniffing herself mentally. I have some very unpleasant news. He put his fork. You've got cancer. It's like, this, that's it, isn't it? You should have told me. He got up. He got up. No. We'll get through together. I'll need to relieve your side. She pulled back. I'm fine. She said, I don't have anything. Beto, that is what I meant. It's about you and your real father. <clears throat> he was like, my real father died not long after I was born. She took a deep Rick, your real father is across the border of Mexico amassing a private army in participation for invading a South American country. He sat down hard. His light all of complexion was suddenly very pale. All the gossip and secrecy suddenly made sense. The fuds, feds were all over his office, not because they were working on shared cases, but because of Rick. My father is General Emilio Machinado. He said with sudden realization, end of chapter four.